2: Welcome to the Nerd Party. Hello and welcome to another episode of Missing Frames. This is the podcast here on the Nerd Party Network where we watch all the movies we should have seen by this point in our lives. I'm your host Sean Eastridge. Thank you so much for tuning in. And hey, if you like the show, you've listened before or even if this is your first time listening, I love you and please give us a five-star rating. You don't have to, but man, I would surely appreciate it. And I would also, if you do leave a five-star rating and a review, I will read your review on an upcoming episode. That would make me that's how delighted it would make me. I would give you celebrity status because nothing gets more celebrity than being on an episode of missing frames or having your name and your itunes review read oh yeah that's it
0: that's exactly why i'm here that's exactly why julia's here Mm -hmm. uh speaking
2: of which julia barton is here Uh back for the second time after her (laughs) uh, her first appearance
0: it's good to be back it's
2: good to have you back Mm -hmm. and she had never seen pulp fiction we watched pulp fiction it's been far too long though it has it's so lovely to have you here in the studio Today, (laughs) the studio being my apartment, and we are going to be watching a little ditty called The Matrix.
0: Yeah, you've probably never heard of it.
2: I'm sure our audience has not heard of this film. (laughs) I will say this much. I am so excited because I've been searching for somebody to watch this movie for such a long time. It is one of my all-time favorite movies, and it's the 20th anniversary this year, and I even way back, I think it was like 20, 2018, all the way back in 2018, all the way which back. was just, it was almost a year ago, uh, we had listener Jonathan request The Matrix. So I was like, okay, I've got to do this. It's the 20th anniversary. I could not find a single person who's not seen The Matrix I've been searching since December of last year, and I finally found you.
0: And then I came along. You came along. And everything fell into place. And this is the way I've wanted
2: it to be forever. So thank you for this, Julia. I'm so excited to be to be here with you. You
0: are so welcome.
2: <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about The Matrix, which is a wonderful film as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I first saw it. It was released in 1999, and... It was the same year as The Phantom Menace, oh, the, the yeah. first of the new prequel trilogy yes. um, of Star Wars films. And that was the movie that was understandably getting all the attention at the time. Everyone was very excited about it. And that was the movie that people really cared about. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that movie wasn't great. And all of a sudden, this kind of like under the radar Keanu Reeves starring science fiction movie that nobody was really paying any attention to sort of snuck in mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like this is the best movie ever but i remember specifically it coming out the same year as star wars and kind of stealing all of star wars star is thunder so this was released may 30 or march 31st so it was released before star wars wow it stole the thunder a little bit it sure it, did. it really didn't because star wars still made so much money <laughs> but it did. i do remember people like being so focused on star wars and then when that came out that conversation kind of really disappearing and Mm -hmm. people talking more about this movie just kind
0: of stirring their drinks and just being like so uh what about that matrix movie instead let's talk about that instead yes that's
2: exactly what the conversation sounded (laughs) like back back in good old 1999 the good old days do you remember what you were doing in 1999 and whether or not you knew about this movie or the phantom menace so in
0: 1999 I was, I, one second, I'm going to try to do math. I feel like my face is like, you know that meme with the blonde lady trying to do, the equations are flashing in front of her face. And That's she's what I'm confused. doing right now. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, this there are actual like equations. Floating around me right I now. I wish our audience at home could see this. <laughs> trying to like rain man this very simple subtraction <laughs> equation. Are you just trying to figure out how old you were? <laughs> I am. So with anything. Um, I was four. In 1999, Excellent. but I specifically remember when The Matrix came out because all of the other kids on the playground would be doing the, um, the classic moment where Neo just kind of... Does the, the, the bullet time, the motion, dodge, yeah, slow motion back. So, you bend. know, Neo,
2: you know that, name, I do, so you know that much. So,
0: the Matrix is another film just like Pulp Fiction that's very ingrained in pop culture in America. Mm-hmm. You can't, even if you haven't seen it, you really can't go through your life without finding out things about it.
2: Very true,
0: yeah. So, I know, and also, my brother saw it and he loved it, and I didn't. And so he had your twin his, brother. Uh,
2: yeah. At four years old. Saw the movie. He
0: sure did. <laughs> How did yeah, I join this did. family?
2: I was 12. I was 12 years old and it was like a conversation. Yeah. Like, all right, you're going to be watching an R rated mm-hmm. film. I'm going to ask you to cover your eyes for a couple times. You know, my dad was very like, yeah. you have to, I, I will tell you when not to look. I will tell you when to look. Stunningly. The the moments my dad told me not to look were not as disturbing as the moments I was allowed to watch. I was allowed to watch <laughs> all the gunfights and like all that stuff. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch other certain other moments. So I, I I'm not sure. Like dad, if they dad, get back to me in on a certain way if they
0: just kind of like <laughs> yeah, there, fingertips to fingertips. There were moments scandal. where when I finally
2: watched the movie all the way through as a teenager Uh, as a a real live teenager (laughs) and was finally like, I think I'm ready to watch this all the way through without covering my eyes. Yeah, I was a little taken aback at how little was wrong with the scenes I was told I shouldn't watch. But that was, it it was for me a huge deal because this is one of the first R rated movies I saw. But beyond that, I don't want to, I hate prefacing this movie or setting up expectations at all. This is one of the freaking coolest movies on the planet. And it's hard to put yourself with the reputation, with the sequels, which are not nearly as good, um, to put yourself back in the mindset of what it must have been like to see this movie in 1999 and just be like, I have never seen anything like this. Yeah. Because so many of the effects, so much of the style, like the leather and the sunglasses, that's become so cliched now. Really? That it is the movie almost feels dated in some ways because of that. And to be fair, some of the technology in the movie dates it. Uh, Even watching it now, I can remember certain things. Like there's a cell phone that like clicks open. Oh my God. Oh, that's so cool. And watching it now, I still think it's like really cool and futuristic. And then I'm like, wait a second. No, it's not. We have (laughs) literal
0: supercomputers in our hands now. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So, I mean, the movie's 20 years old. So that's Mm. saying a lot, but I, I, was so thrilled by it first and foremost because it was an R-rated movie and it had this sort of like aura of oh I'm so cool I'm so cool, watching. I'm so cool now I'm, I've elevated. I told I could my... watch
0: all of the parts dad exactly yeah I, I, <laughs> would,
2: I went into school the next day and I was like have you guys seen the Matrix and they were my friends were like yeah we have and our parents let us watch all of it you had to cover <laughs> your eye and I was like oh I thought I was going to be brag about
1: this
0: <laughs> I thought it was just kind of a hush going to fall over the crowd they're like yeah. whoa he's
2: <laughs> that was a big deal that was a big <laughs> sign that you were super cool if super you were allowed cool. to watch the whole thing but i love i love loved it i still love it and uh it's a movie i revisit frequently because if whenever i i just need my fix of like awesome techno music and great kung fu and long things like that, long leather jackets long leather and, jackets you know. These, this is the movie to go to but so we know so you were for Somehow your brother saw it at the age of four. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Neo is is a character in a the character, film. A yes. character. Um, what else do you know about the Matrix? If you could predict the plot of this film right now, like, do you actually do you know enough about it to? You, you don't... No, I
0: don't think I do. Okay, tell me I what know, you think it's about. So, um, I know that there is a there there's some kind of reality. There's a there's a discovery that's made that kind of shatters somebody's perception of reality i'm not sure exactly what it is and there's a choice between between a red pill and a blue pill okay that's another that's another thing that's just kind of bled its way into the american pop culture psyche that red pill blue pill the only thing I can really think about is I'm gonna get a little bit nerdy here for a second. Please. please. Plato's allegory of the cave is what comes to mind. God bless you. God yeah. bless you, Julia. Explain. <laughs> okay, so for our listeners out there who aren't completely into um ancient greek philosophy plato that's a what, prerequisite for being a, a uh,
2: yeah. missing frames listener you can't by be the be my friend unless <laughs> you, you have if you don't plato know this is, you should not <laughs> be listening
0: just don't talk to yeah, me don't
1: even
0: <laughs> um, but for those of you who aren't familiar with it the basic story of the allegory of the cave is that there is this there's this man who's chained up in a cave who can see big shadows on the wall? And I might get a few details wrong with this, um,
2: but That's right. our listeners, being the experts, will oh, call you absolutely. out. Oh, absolutely!
0: Please call me out on Twitter. That would make me so happy. <laughs> um, I love a good learning experience. So um, he sees all of these shadows on the wall. And uh, there's a light involved as well. And he sees that there is, um, he kind of makes his way somehow to the entrance of the cave. And the basic premise of it is if you had lived away your whole entire life and then realized that that perception was completely wrong, would you stay in the cave or would you leave?
2: Hmm interesting yeah there are the, won't spoil anything but there are ideas like that in this movie that's what i but that's, that's exciting but you don't know anything else about it plot wise or no oh, this is gonna be so exciting okay i'm not gonna tell you anything else All i right, will good. i will i will just ask are you excited to watch it
0: i am Good. i'm very excited to watch I'm it it's been a long you. time coming yeah um i'm gonna 20
2: years in fact
0: yeah <laughs> i'm gonna send this episode to my brother josh yes please and do. just be like hey dude and he'll be I've like finally i finally saw seen that it. when i was four i saw and he, he's gonna be the real cool kid yeah he's gonna be like i saw the whole thing when i was four Man. so you're not the cool sibling anymore <laughs>
2: I I will leave you with this story, which is actually my first exposure to The Matrix. Uh, It wasn't actually the movie. It was the soundtrack to the film, which I bought because I... This was back when Walmart used to have these little stations where Mm -hmm. you could preview songs. And I was really into techno music and soundtracks. I hadn't yet figured out what music I liked. But I knew if I got a soundtrack with at least one or two songs on it that I liked, I was probably okay. But I remember sampling the soundtrack... And liking the songs and liking uh, Rob Zombie's Dracula song is on the soundtrack. <laughs> and I remember being like, I like this. And I bought it. And uh, later on, the woman my dad was dating at the time asked me if she could see the CD case and she was very offended because Marilyn Manson was on the soundtrack oh. and she was like this is music of the devil oh I knew and that was coming you, and my dad threw it he's like you're right then he threw it out you're
1: right babe and I totally lost Satan I music. Lo- yes
2: I lost the soundtrack and then my dad let me watch the movie <laughs> about a year later <laughs> so I don't know who Ended up winning. I think I won, and I, think, I yeah. eventually I got the soundtrack again. You did, so yeah, you I came think, out on top. I think you we're really all good. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. So an, anticipation is high. Excitement is high. Yes. I'm excited. Uh, let's go watch the Matrix.
0: Yep. I'm ready for that Satan music.
1: <laughs> now available
2: to own on video cassette. And we're back. We've now watched The Matrix. Julia, how are you feeling? Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Chumba. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch- Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I am feeling every emotion I wondered about the when I saw it in my brother after he saw it. I would just kind of look at him and I'd think, He knows. What? what why are you even that enthusiastic about this? You just kind of dodged things in slow motion. <laughs> and now watching it, I was just kind of like,
2: I know now. You're like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I know
0: exactly how he felt. You get it. You get everything I do. Now. I get everything now. This is perfect. It's quite a red pill moment. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm very
2: proud of you for taking the dive and taking the red pill. Thank taking you. that risk Take and joining me, me on yeah. this adventure <laughs> down the rabbit hole. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I love this movie so much. It is one of those movies that I think people look at and point out like, it's, like, on every level I feel like it works, from story to character to effects and action. It's, like, one of the best crowd pleasers. It gives me, like, all the things I want from a movie. Yeah. It gives me Rob Zombie songs. It gives me Keanu Reeves shirtless. <laughs> um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, that shirtless scene also results in a... a dis- disturbing creature going into his belly button but you know you have to take the bad with the good yeah
0: i never wanted an Audi belly button more
2: than when i saw that scene (laughs) yes yep but i want to know because you it was great to watch it with you to have you reacting to things that to me have become so commonplace and it feels like so many people know about now like the uh the the moment where smith and Neo jump at each other and they're shooting each other in the camera. The bullet time spins around them, getting those moments and to experience them with you while you were experiencing with them. It was great because these are, like I said, I think part of the problem with The Matrix is, first of all, that it had two sequels that kind of squandered the reputation. But uh, it's it's difficult to look back on this with fresh eyes. So thank you for giving me a moment to experience that again but i want you to kind of walk me through your emotions and you took significant notes i did i took nothing i am a a host of a film podcast i took zero (laughs) uh either i'm just really pretentious and snobby and think i don't need notes or i'm extremely lazy and the truth is it's probably somewhere in between those but i also feel like i can't live up to this so you have i'm ready To hear all the notes, but first and foremost, you knowing nothing going into it, how did the opening scene feel to you? Because to me, this is one of the best and most exciting opening scenes ever, and it's hard to remember what it was like. Well, no, it's not that hard to remember. I remember watching it for the first time and just having my mind completely blown and being like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how this woman is flying. I don't know how she's running on walls. I really don't care because this is amazing. But did you have any idea? Did you have any notion of how she was doing the things she did or the fact that The Matrix... Was a computer program? Did you know any of that? Or just walk me through the emotions of seeing this opening so scene with Trinidad? That
0: first scene, um, well, first and foremost, it was just kind of it oozed cool. Yes. It. It. You have the cool agents that you don't know are absolutely totally sinister mm-hmm. showing up, and you just think it's oh, you know, some classic cop. FBI jurisdiction shtick going on, which right. is cool in its own right. And then you know, uh, Smith says your agents are already dead. Yes, and it's just and and it
2: and you're it, like oh
0: yes exactly. It's like I think we can handle
2: in. one little girl. girl. And he goes no, no, Lieutenant, your men are already dead. And you're like what? What, what? is But I love that. I <laughs> yeah. think this movie. It is so hard. I've talked about this on the show before. It is so hard to pull off exposition in a natural, organic way, especially with a movie like The Matrix or or Star Wars or any movie where you have to explain, mm-hmm. what, like, why is the world this way? What is this? Why does this work? What is the force? What is a lightsaber? Yeah. it's It's so tough. And The Matrix, it's almost tougher because not only is The Matrix building its world it also is playing by like a very unique set of rules that are not based in a reality we're familiar with Mm -hmm. at all um and i the first scene doesn't really explain everything doesn't explain anything no it doesn't which it it doesn't have to you
0: so it the thing i really like that makes it effective world building and exposition is that when you go and see it after watching the movie it makes absolutely perfect sense
2: like when one of the best examples is the truck driving into the phone booth like were you like oh she's dead
0: uh i had i actually took a note and uh when i saw that part and i just wrote brutal <laughs> she's dead they just she's gone her. wow yeah. Brutal. i remember
2: thinking as a kid i was like wow i guess in r-rated movies people just die, die. yeah <laughs> i remember thinking like oh this like that moment and the moment where uh neo goes on the scaffolding and he he decides he gives up he's like i can't do this and i was like oh i guess in r-rated movies people don't accomplish their goals <laughs> like i was so used they to like go heroes their doing yeah which yeah. is funny because i'd seen movie like the empire strikes back where the heroes fail the entire movie yeah. and terrible things happen so just funny that i thought like oh yeah R- i'm an adult now This <laughs> r-rated movie where these people the, the hero can't escape he has to get caught by the bad guy yeah, oh that's so wow. adult wow mm. but yes i uh, i i remember feeling that way of like what? she's gone she's a phone what did the what the phone who did she call what is going on <laughs> like how did this happen but yes yeah. so you, that is such an effective scene and it's our first introduction to bullet time as well yes. which is basically it's the technique that this movie essentially invented i yes. don't know if someone out there will well actually me and will say actually it was done way back when i'm sure there's evidence of Maybe some form of bullet time, but it was never like this. No, it was never the technology that they used. It was never to the extent that they mm-hmm. used it. But it's basically whenever the the action freezes and the camera spins around it, which is just it. It still looks so freaking cool. So cool. It's so awesome. It's that, so cool. And that's it's it's one of those things where again I can never see this movie for the first time, sadly, but every time. I watch it. I just get that little thrill when she jumps up in the air and kicks the guy. It's just like, this is so cool. But I just Mm -hmm. remember my mind being blown. Like, I've never seen anything like this. And the real fascinating thing about that technique is it's done later on in the movies. They do it in a computer, and it looks really fake, and they make it look kind of – it's like they go overboard with it. They do a little bit. And this – what they would do is they would basically set up a circle of cameras and they would set them all up to take sequential shots and then they'd basically patch all the shots together so you'd have the act the actors in the center mhm they would trigger the shots the sh- the cameras would all take shots in the circle around the action and then they just cut it together and kind of use some cg blending to hide the the frame rate like any jarring uh, shuttering or things like that and i love that so much and i hate Kind of hate that they were so excited about the potential for computer graphics that they kind of lost the practicality. To be fair, it wasn't, it might have been like practical effects. It wasn't very practical in terms of setting it up and making it happen. So while I understand, I still like it's so effective in this movie. Yeah, it it is. So after that, we were introduced to Neo, who's sleeping at his desk like a bum. Mm -hmm. And uh, were you. I want to know what questions you had at that point. Like, were you just kind of like, what's going on like who i mean you probably were like what's going on yeah but like, a little bit how are you feeling and you predicted you were like oh there's a white rabbit in this movie because yeah. the, the disc menu is a white rabbit <laughs> yeah. like is alice in wonderland a theme in this and yeah. i was like mm, i don't know maybe
0: maybe it is you were very coy about it i know
2: i don't want to ruin yeah. the experience for you yeah. but he and has to follow the white, white rabbit, rabbit and, and then he goes to the club where dragula my favorite song that introduced me to this movie in the first <laughs> place through the soundtrack uh is played. Yeah. That's also the first scene my dad wouldn't let me watch for some reason.
0: He didn't want you to go to those clubs.
2: Those those terrible, disgusting clubs where people dance Ugh. and dress up in leather.
0: Oh, the hedonism. Yeah, it's awful. It's so so bad. Yes,
2: but how? So how are you feeling? Were you are like from the get go? Were you and like immediately pulled in? Yes. Awesome.
0: I was. Um, I think the when I originally got really pulled in was when when knock knock happened Mm -hmm. that freaked me out yes that was i I, it was interesting because i felt um i kind of felt the kind of emotional reaction that neo was Mm -hmm. so we had same kind of thing that happened in um callback to the last episode we did pulp fiction Mm. with with the with the with running into the guy with the car who had the donuts yes you have that really well executed moment of experiencing what the character is at that same time emotionally which is just good storytelling one
2: of the great things about the matrix that the other two movies miss is the sense of mystery and discovery Mm -hmm. um this first Matrix is kind of, the first half is almost a horror movie. It is. Which I kind of picked up this time around. Um, Something I always knew, like, you feel it, because the movie is very, uh, it's, for the most part in the first half, it's not action heavy. No. It's kind of, it's exposition heavy, and it's also very mysterious, and Mm -hmm. there's lots of weird things happening. Yeah, And it's creepy. Everything
0: just isn't, necessarily right yes but you just don't know how it's gonna be fixed or even what the problem is yet
2: exactly and that's something i love about the first one um because you don't know what's going on and you don't really understand why like the like the scene that comes to mind in particular is the scene where it's like what good is a phone call if you're not able to speak Oh, and then his that mouth disappears which is terrifying out. and then of course the bug crawls into his stomach. But the movie's pretty horrifying and Reloaded and Revolutions the two sequels lose that entirely. It's just there's no sense of like mystery or wonder because they kind of play all the cards they have in this first one.
0: They do. I don't think the Matrix was supposed to have a sequel
2: i don't think so either now this is one of those movies where like george lucas the wachowskis claimed like oh we had a sequel like a trilogy in mind which i don't buy in either case i don't buy that with lucas i don't buy that with these guys so the wachowski sisters now yes um at the time they were brothers and they uh they it was just this thing where you want your audience to believe you have it all planned out so they'll buy into what you're dishing out. But you can feel it when you watch the sequels. Mm -hmm. They feel disconnected from this first one.
0: Well, I also don't think I I feel like the first film just really ended itself really
2: well. Like Star Wars. Star Wars was a movie that was fully intended to be a standalone experience. And this was too. And I get a complete sense of like a a character going on a journey. Mm -hmm. Everything that I need to know is told to me. The things that are not told to me are not things I necessarily need to know. Or
0: that need to be resolved either.
2: Yes. The movie ends with one of the best money shots of any film, which is Neo flying towards the camera mm-hmm. and it cutting to black. That's all I need of Neo flying. Yeah. So in the sequels, when you have him flying around and doing all this, it's kind of like, I thought I wanted this, but I really you don't. don't. No. So no. that is that is one thing that I think the movie is very self-contained in a way that's extremely impressive and uh unfortunately a little undone by the sequels
1: yeah but
2: yeah that's uh it's a very good point and it's something that i i've always admired about the matrix because it does take uh i'm comparing it to star wars and rightfully so because they're both like kind of of the same ilk in terms of the story they're trying to tell which is cultural significance exactly uh it's a hero's journey you take a character fish out of water and you kind of build him up to be the savior Mm -hmm. of the galaxy the world uh whatever it's such an effective storytelling device like i love it so much and i love the way they have it play out in Mm -hmm. this movie because you really connect with neo which is funny this is kind of
0: but that's because he, because Neo is also Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I think and,
2: you're going to say Keanu Reeves. No. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we love him because he is Keanu Reeves. He, he,
0: well, Keanu Reeves is a nat- national treasure. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. But what I love about the introduction of Neo is that we see him as Neo first. Like who, who he actually is. Mm-hmm. And then we see him who he as who he is in the world. I don't want to say real world anymore
2: because <laughs> um, it's not. Because
0: it's not. But how,
2: you see him like in his
0: off in, a, in an kind office of his job. element,
2: and then you see him like in his structured, kind yeah. of rigid. Like the guy calls him, "Oh, are you Thomas Anderson?" He's like, "Yeah, that's yeah, me, that's me, dude." Yep that so, I mean, it's yeah. not really him no it's not but that's the kind of again this is something that the audience can latch on to the idea of like no I am I'm not, I'm trapped in this place that I don't want to be and I am yeah. meant for something more which and, is very integral to the whole hero's journey yeah I think place. the
0: thing that's most important to note about the whole character is it, even when even though they're like they're moonlighting as an amazing criminal super hacker Neo is just a dude he's just a guy he's just a guy he's literally a dude <laughs> he's like, literally he, just he's a dude. one of the
2: dudes he is ted theodore logan <laughs> from bill and ted's excellent adventure he's just he's a about dude. as duty as you can get duty hmm. <laughs> mm, um but uh-huh. no really and i think it's when you say that actually it's funny that they cast keanu reeves because like he is kind of an unassuming sort of like uh I, you know, it's it's funny. I, I don't know exactly what he'd done up to this point other than Bill and Ted. Yeah. He was in Johnny Mnemonic, which was like a, a big flop and is kind of terrible. Oh, no. Uh, and I think a lot of people thought Johnny, that the Matrix was just going to be another Johnny Mnemonic. You know, this is an era where like, movies like hackers and all these like mm-hmm. pseudo intellectual sci-fi movies were coming out with people who were like yeah i'm typing on, i know what i know what the internet is do you know what a hard <laughs> drive is like yeah, I'm, yeah compu- I'm i'm programming and it's like like what are you talking about i I'm don't talking.
0: even need to use dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the
2: matrix like came at the tail end of that and kind of blew everything out mm-hmm. of the water that had come before but it is sort of in that vein of movies. And I think that's why people were so shocked by what the movie actually ended up being. Yeah, But I love that Keanu Reeves is the guy they choose. Cause again, he's very, um, Keanu Reeves is a great actor. Can you just say that I love yeah, him so can. much, and he's great in this movie. I
0: feel like we should just kind of take a moment to get all of our feelings about Keanu Reeves out of the way. So I we love can him. Focus uh, like, more on the movie, Keanu. Please, he's absolutely call me. amazing. Yeah, he he's doesn't... a national treasure. I think I'm glad that I came to this movie at this time, so I really could right in the peak of Keanu fandom. People really. Keanu. Yes, I. I think I wrote in my three pages of notes. I think I wrote. It was, it's just it looks like well from what I see over here, Keanu, yeah, yeah, it
2: looks like what? you've just written Keanu over, over and, and over, and over and for over. three pages worth <laughs> lots of hearts and yeah XO, oh, XO. so many wow
0: in all seriousness I did write oof young Keanu Reeves <laughs> I think one two three five times yeah, that's even yeah. that seems too few yeah
2: but it's true he mm-hmm. is wonderful and I love him and he's uh I think this is the first movie I could say I saw him Yeah. So it was my introduction to him and his kind of just his dulcet tones and this wonderful. Uh, So to me it was like when people started making fun of him later on, I was like, "Sad Keanu." Yeah, I I was like, I guess like as a kid, it was just like, "Oh, he's so cool in this movie." And then when people were like, "Yeah, I'm Keanu Reeves," and people started mocking him, I was like, "Oh Uh, yeah, I guess he does have like kind of an interesting inflection in the way he talks, but he he kind of is." This is gonna sound mean. But he's sort of the perfect. There's there's almost a blandness to the hero in a hero's journey. Like if you think about like Luke Skywalker or Harry Potter and the and yeah. their trio of friends, typically they're people's least favorite because they are the most stoic. They're kind of the most uh, upright and uptight in a way. So, Keanu Reeves kind of fits that mold he perfectly. Does, That's a yeah. backhanded compliment, and I don't mean it to be. But he does a really great job embodying that kind of. Well, persona.
0: The important thing about him being unassuming is that it's perfect because you can project yourself onto him yes. a little bit. You can I think take that's the that. Point. That's yeah. absolutely the point. But it
2: also makes it so much more fun to root for him mm-hmm. when all of a sudden he becomes like a total badass. Oh gosh! And you yeah. love him. That is uh, another thing I sincerely love about this movie. So the movie. Did you realize it was basically going to be like a kung fu action crazy fighting movie you didn't no I didn't I Man. had no
0: idea how deep the rabbit hole was gonna go but boy <laughs> did it go That's deep great I think the moment that I just kind of threw all of my expectations out the window just kind of like gathered them up and was like I have absolutely no use for these they're not helping me And <laughs> just kind of poof, tossed them out the window was when Keanu woke up bald in the 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 pseudo-womb thingy. Yeah.
2: That is... uh,
0: And was not so subtly rebirthed. Yes.
2: not One of of the more disgusting things Mm -hmm. I think I've ever seen. And it is, again, emphasizes really the horrific and kind of uh, horror genre elements Mm -hmm. that the first movie has, especially this first half. That is like the peak of it. And it's so disturbing. Mm -hmm. I don't think I fully... As a kid, this was one of those movies where, like, once I'd seen it, it all my friends and I were like, it's weird that it's rated R because it doesn't feel like an R rated uh, movie. But watching it now, I'm like, this is really it, disturbing. So, and the con- just the whole concept of, like, human beings is bad. I was writing earlier, a note
0: as that whole thing was happening, and that's oh what I God, wrote. Yeah,
2: it's an expletive <laughs> that we can't read on air. And yeah. you, you did not see that coming at all. No,
0: not even a little bit. Yeah. Nowhere. Out of nowhere.
2: And it's very... Again... I love the way the Wachowskis dole out the information scene by scene as someone who is an aspiring writer an aspiring screenwriter. I love rewatching movies like this that are perfectly structured and especially movies that in the sense of world building you, I watch it with the mindset of somebody like, how are they dishing out the information and the way they kind of, they hook you and they leave you asking something. And then the next scene kind of answers it. So yeah, you have so it's much about of that.
0: um live living with questions. Yes. They touch on that in this in the script as well. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, please, in the very beginning. Tell me, tell me more. So that was actually one thing that they start with when they teach you philosophy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they they talk about living with questions as a concept and I kind of had like a flashback to my first philosophy class when I, when I heard Trinity say that because it was just like, oh, so this is going to be a deep movie too. Mm-hmm. And it is. Yes. It's such a deep movie. It has
2: so much going on underneath the surface, but so also much. it's. I'm going to call it a dumb action movie, and it's not dumb at all. But it has... But it has, it the, is. It has the... heart. is. Aesthetically, it is. Yes, it has the heart of a dumb action movie, but the heart is beating within this amazingly complex and well-manufactured and well-oiled machine mm-hmm. that is like perfection. Yeah. Um. But at its core, what I think... The Matrix would have been really excellent if it had maintained like this kind of creepy element throughout but what makes this movie so amazing is the fact that it then becomes like a comic book movie it and does, it embraces yeah. the like it's like all right now for some reason all the machines use kung fu like the the evil ai in this movie fight you like they fight using kung fu just try to like audience Try to just think about this for a second. I know it's hard because The Matrix is a movie that's existed for so long, but just think about how ridiculous this is. The fact that your big baddie in this movie is like a super intelligent AI Mm -hmm. and it is willing to engage in fisticuffs with you and highly choreographed fisticuffs with you. Like that is absurd. And you know what? I don't care at all because it's also fantastic and so much fun And that to me, that sense of fun, the influence that the Wachowskis brought in from anime to wire work and things like that, that they bring all these things together and combine them in this new sort of expression. Mm -hmm. They take the old with the new, again, it's something George Lucas did really well with uh, the first Star Wars movie. It's a classic story. It's one we've heard countless times before, but he took elements from folklore and fantasy and science fiction and he made it something new. That's what The Matrix does and it does it so well. Yeah. And I love I love it. I love that partway through the movie's kind of like, This is so disturbing and kind of depressing. And then the movie's like, here's Tank and he's gonna train Neo and mm-hmm. how to use Kung Fu and suddenly you get this like energy spike of like this just became the coolest movie I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I went from being really engaged and interested to now being like this oh my is awesome. God, this is so cool. Yes. yes. Yeah. So I wanna so wh- how did you feel when they they go into the dojo. He and Morpheus to square off.
0: So at that point, as I've said before, my expectations didn't exist. I was just <laughs> like, this movie's gonna be a ride. I'm just gonna let it take me yes. where it's gonna take me. Good call. Yeah, and um, I think I think I I, I really loved that part. Mm-hmm. I really loved the kung fu, not just because it was such a drastic tone shift. It was almost comedic relief in a way. Which you needed. Yeah, I did. I'd been through a lot at that point. (laughs) I'd been. I'd just seen a bald
2: Keanu get flushed down a toilet.
0: Oh, rebirthed. Yeah. It it, it was quite graphically a rebirth. Yes. Yeah. He's even bald. You need a little. Visually, it's there. You need a little It's like this very twisted, poetically somatic version of the miracle of life. And I was just like, yeah. I need I need some some really good kung fu and a different color palette right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and that's
2: exactly what you got.
0: Yeah, they knew exactly where to put that sequence to introduce it as well because I really didn't want to fight it at that point. Yeah, I I had nothing critical to think about that kung fu moment because I was just like, oh, thank God. I love it. I yeah, yeah. I love it.
2: And again, just and the line the line delivery and the line itself i know kung fu is so great great. it's perfectly the movie is full of great one-liners and a sense of humor that is kind of lost in the other two the other two become a little stiff and clunky yeah this one feels naturally funny in a way that that really enriches the movie And it's even simple things as simple as the way Hugo Weaving says "Mr. Anderson" and like things like that. His enunciation, yes,
0: it definitely makes Agent Smith my favorite performance in it. Great, just the way he speaks is just so so robotic and deliberate.
2: Hugo Weaving is is. A, a wonderful human being yeah he is so fantastic in this film i think i agree with you i think a lot of people if you were to poll people who love this movie i think nine out of ten people would say agent smith is their favorite character yeah that pers- that can this is a little bit of a spoiler agent smith comes back in the other ones um oh. and he's also the best part of those movies as well as you're no, sitting there
0: no shot that's not, not surprising. Yeah, As yeah. you're sitting
2: there kind of depressed and bored, out of your mind, he'll appear and all of a sudden this like this this ray of light. Wave and you just of feel relief. this warmth and you're like, oh, I remember what it was like <laughs> when I felt things and cared about things. <laughs> but um he he is so wonderful in this movie. Um I I love that the movie is willing to kind of have fun and kind of poke fun mm-hmm. at itself. Where you have little exchanges like uh when neo and trinity go into the lobby for the infamous shootout and all the cops come out and the guy yells freeze and they kind of look at each other and look back and then they jump that is such a great moment so and the other movies i don't know if they just had their heads up their asses but like they take themselves so seriously seriously now that they can't have that looseness and sense of fun that i think is so crucial to why this movie works so well that also
0: the the fact that they're having fun with it also adds to the coolness factor yes because they're they're not even they don't even make a comment about how goofy it is in any way shape or form it's just this great physical moment and they just have fun with it yeah they just roll with every single punch and
2: i love um what is it when uh, Morpheus says, "You think that's air you're breathing now"? And there's a moment where of- Neo, <laughs> Neo's kind of like, "What?" And then they oh, don't oh. say anything. And he doesn't answer or I clarify have- or elaborate. <laughs> he just it leaves him there. He kind of is like, hmm. mm, and then it's yeah. like, "All right, let's keep going."
0: <laughs> I want a mentor in my life like Morpheus. Yes. I really do. Good old there's, Lawrence Fishburne. I already re- I wrote down a lot of his quotes. Um, the one from the uh, I need the one that he said in the Kung Fu scene, like mm-hmm. embroidered on something and put up in my home or like on a T-shirt. Which one? It's uh, don't think you are, know you yes. are. I need that in my life, yeah. like consistently. There's
2: a lot of that in this movie where, uh, you know, the know thyself, the, uh, yeah. the plaque on the Oracle's mm-hmm. wall. Um, I love, again, the movie has a lot of stuff on its mind and it doesn't. Come across as hand fisted or overtly like in your face. Again, this is and I don't want this. This is about the first Matrix, not the sequels. But the reason I keep bringing up the sequels is they're the perfect example of like how you do it wrong versus how you do it right with the first Matrix. The other two movies get very intellectual in a way that's uh, like okay shut up God, i don't yeah. care i do not care like it's like oh we're smart did we let you know we're, we're so smart we're very smart the first one finds a way to work all those things in like the idea that neo hasn't embraced his uh the fact that he is the one he hasn't accepted it yet and until he accepts it then he's not then going he, exactly, to be the one exactly i love stuff like that golden and again it comes in a, with a very It's all about character and the oracle who is just one of the oracle might be a runner up for me as far as favorite character. She is so good. Gloria Foster. She's fantastic in the role. And I love the the subverted expectation of like the oracle is going to be this like wise very creepy mysterious mystical. old
0: lady yeah and then
2: it's just like this really like kind of jovial like black woman just hanging out and she's like have some cookies, Making cookies like in her very kitchen. like very warm and sincere but very uh there's like the, this deepness to her she's also
0: enigmatic at the same time i love
2: and again mm-hmm. where the second movie spins like lines and lines of dialogue trying to convince you how smart it is one of my favorite lines in this movie is that. Uh, when he knocks over the vase, and she's like, "What's really going to bake your noodle later on is would you still have broken it if I hadn't said anything?" Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, oh my, my brain. god, I love it!" But I love it so much. It's so simple, but it's all with, it's all anchored by character it and is. character growth.
0: It, every single thing that they say that's intellectual in this movie is justified by everything else that's happening yeah they they don't put it in there just because they can they put it in there because they should
2: yeah and each um the fight scenes in this movie are awesome and they're great but it's not just about the fighting and it's not just about the choreography and how cool it is it's all about what what is neo going through what is his journey what is he learning in this scene when he fights morpheus he's kind of getting used to the the world, and he's like breaking free of like the constraints of like, oh, this is something I can play with. But all he's these also learned rules. Yes, That exactly. have been
0: internalized in him.
2: And same with Agent Smith. When he's fighting Agent Smith, it's not just a cool moment of like, oh, they're going to fight. It's his growth as a character willing to take a stand yeah. and like, make that change.
0: Believe in something. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it, it,
2: again, <laughs> the sequels lose that. With the sequels, it's all about the spectacle, and there's no character growth and part of the problem i think is because this movie puts neo in a place where he has kind of mastered himself yeah. and it's like where do you There's take no that space character for
0: development if he's that's part of the of problem and
2: it's part of why like you said this movie really works as a standalone movie and not necessarily a movie that's like you you want a sequel but you don't actually need a sequel no
0: i was very much satisfied yeah i thought you know i don't i don't need anything else I think the moment that I was just kind of... I knew that I was on this roller coaster and I was not getting off anytime soon was was definitely the rebirth. Yes. Yeah.
2: And you're like, all right, I'm in it for the long yep. haul. Yep. <laughs> I think me too. I think uh, when you're a kid, you're just... Like I said, it's an R-rated movie and I'm just like, I love whatever I'm going to see here. I'm not sure what's but going like, on, I I, but
0: that looks pretty gnarly. Yes. I, yeah. I, I think
2: I was not expecting for it to be quite as much fun as it ended up being yeah. like the sense of fun there was really blew my mind even as a kid not really fully understanding it i think deep down i kind of got like the fact that it's like oh now they're doing kung fu this is crazy yeah. and awesome but i loved i loved that i um i also love the uh, again that the characters are so defined, like not just Neo, but the supporting characters like Morpheus, yeah. like Trinity. But beyond that, you have like Switch and Apoc and Cypher and Tank, all these different types. And Mouse, who you were Mouse so... Mouse
0: <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> who's the
2: first one to go. First to go. Yeah. It's a
0: curse I have. I'll always look at a character and I'll be like, okay, you're my favorite. And then they're going to be the first That's to die. Their, that
2: that dooms them. Just mm-hmm. stop thinking that. But yep. it's such a... a it's a diverse cast, but it's just they all have very particular character types and traits that make them very definable, but they all contribute something they do, to yeah. the larger whole.
0: And even though a lot of them don't have a lot of dialogue, the actors did such a good job of making sure that we knew that you, you could just take a look at them and you know that they've been through stuff. Mm-hmm. You know that there's just this camaraderie that they effortlessly put forth Yeah, that just shows that they really are like resistance fighters. That's that squadron of the resistance that have just been in the trenches yes. together.
2: How you feel about a, as a cipher, Mr. What's his name? Joe Pantaliano, the guy who betrays them.
0: Oh gosh. Um, the only thing I've really felt significant about him was, um, pure unadulterated hatred first and foremost uh but secondly um an appreciation because there was this moment where he's what it's the very chilling moment when he's just systematically mm-hmm. killing each of these people yeah and i'm still i'm gonna be thinking of uh when when switched Said, not like this. Yeah. Not like you this. You know, it's
2: funny. That is a, a quote my friends and I use all the time really? as, a, as a joke. It's so quotable. Just all the time, not like not this. Not like this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, start doing I love that. that. He's kind of like, if, if Agent Smith is the villain you love to hate, then it's almost the opposite. It's like you just hate Cypher. You just hate, hate Cypher. Yeah. But Cipher. there's something, again, it, it, there's what a, a great villain. You understand the motivations. Yeah. Smith and Cypher are very great well-defined villains with cypher absolutely he wants to get he's tired of this Ignorance feels, is bliss. exactly he, he wants, wants to go, go back, back in and the cave. he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be uh out there like you said yes back yeah. in the cave smith is almost kind of the same thing where he is like i'm so tired of this and if you guys could just give up and give me what i need i do not have to live mm-hmm. in this world anymore okay. i don't have to he's basically like a grunt who is like I'm done. Like, I don't want to mm-hmm. do this. I'm good.
0: So I actually have very strong feelings about that moment mm-hmm. because I had just kind of, it was, you know, when you're watching a movie and you have this moment where you realize something and you're like, this is an absolutely brilliant little detail. So when Neo first meets Morpheus, he's, go, he's at the door and Trinity says, I have a tip for you. Be honest. Mm-hmm. And so then fast forward. You have Morpheus, he's been captured, he's trying... So in order to meet Morpheus, you have to be honest. And then you have this parallel with with Morpheus not being in power anymore. He's yeah. the, the only two people in the room, people he's the only person in the room and then there's agent Smith and actually agent Smith becomes human in this scene. He becomes undeniably human. He has these wants and these repulsions that humanize him in a very disturbing way. But anyway, back to what I was saying, the thing that absolutely struck me was nothing was working until he leaned, he made the other guys leave. Uh And then he leaned down to Morpheus and said, I'm going to be honest. Oh,
2: yeah. That's a really interesting parallel. Uh I never picked that up. Yeah. So Morpheus just brings... Lawrence Fishburne (laughs) just has a vibe about him. He just... (laughs) You want to be honest with him all the time. And so it's this this parallel
0: of to meet him, you have to be honest. And then to break him, you have to be
2: honest.
0: that is so cool that's
2: great that is a really cool parallel i never picked up on Mm -hmm. um i also the the performances are fantastic i love everybody in this Mm -hmm. movie like i said everyone has a distinct personality they all have a distinct look this movie oozes cool like we said i mean like the moment the shot that spins around the phone while uh i think it's it's meat beat manifesto is the name of the the band the song that's playing but when it comes around and they're all standing there and they're uh around the phone and oh. their leather gear and the shot just ends so on them So cool. and the guitar comes in it's just like the just movie is so awesome so cool but they're all so distinctive they all look great um they are all fighting in this movie i love that think of just how many action movies you've seen where the editing and the camera work is designed to cover up the fact that it's not the actor doing yeah. the fighting.
0: I had a question about that. Yeah. I was wondering if everyone did their own stunts.
2: Like not all their stunts. Like yeah. things like with the being combat. thrown into a wall. But the fight scenes with them fighting each other where it's these. Uh,
0: like the Kung I, I, Fu scene.
2: I give so much credit to Wachowski. So uh, the the choreographer's name is Wen Wo Ping. I hope I pronounced that correctly because I I. had I, he's one of the great choreographers of all time. Um, And he's amazing. I mean, the the fight choreography in this film and the other two as well uh, uh, have great fight scenes. Um, But this one in particular, just because it's beyond the fights, there's something anchoring it in story and character. But the actors trained and did the fights. And the Wachowskis were brilliant in that something that I don't think was a common thing happening in a lot of American action films. You saw it in a lot of like, like Hong Kong Action films and kung fu films and like movies with Jackie Chan, yeah, where there are these Bruce long Lee. unbroken shots where it's a lot of action happening in one shot. Compare that to a, an American action film where it's like every like there's a cut every time something yeah. someone gets punched. There's a cut. It's like it's not bad. It's a little more frantic, but it's also used to hide the fact that the action it's not the actors doing yeah. it. It's stuntmen. So for the Wachowskis to say no, we want our actors to train. We want them to do these fight scenes. That is so important to this movie because, again, beyond the coolness factor of like seeing Keanu Reeves do all this stuff, for his character, you are so invested in it that you have to see him. You need him to be the one doing these things. It's meaningful when
0: he's the one doing it himself. Yes.
2: And I love the way the Wachowskis and their cinematographer, Bill Pope, who's amazing he's done all sorts of stuff i believe he did spider-man 2 as well oh, really? amongst other things and i love i just love the look of the movie is incredible yep um,
0: i i that was one of my notes he uh stunning something movie.
2: something uh when you go back and rewatch. and it's a little we watched the 4k version and they bumped it up in subsequent versions of the movie because for Reloaded and revolutions they really make it pronounced where it the Matrix has a lot of greenish hues and the real world is more blue. Oh,
0: they, they, they did that in this. They did.
2: They toned it down, thank God, for the 4K version because it became really oh, overpronounced no. in, in other Blu-ray versions of the film or other releases of the film. But he uh, – they, the way they choreograph and the way they uh, frame the fight scenes and shoot them is so brilliant. And I give them so many props because you have these – again – you think about like, and I love these movies, but the Bourne movies where it's like a lot of shaky cam mm-hmm. and it, they're it, they're great movies. They're so well shot, but there's something so uh, impersonal. It, 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 yeah. Almost. Well, it's it's more like it, it, it works for those movies, but there's it, it, it's a completely different kind of filmmaking. It's frantic to give give you in the action with them. Yeah. But this is like you're admiring it as like an art form or a dance or something where it's yeah. just like i, I love skill. it so much yeah
0: it's the skill required to do that that just earns itself this kind of intense admiration exactly. that i was feeling
2: and you just again because of the actors and because they went through so much to actually do this stuff it is very uh it invests you in the story and yeah. the movie even more but um how do you feel about the lobby scene because the lobby yeah. scene is so awesome, yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it so much. Um, I, I, the the guns, lots of guns. Mm-hmm. Again, is a great laugh line, and also a great line in general. Yeah. But, um, was it sa- was it fully satisfying to finally see Neo decked out in his yes. trench coat and sunglasses?
0: Yes, it was. It was definitely. Um, gosh, how to describe this? Um, I would say it was almost like a religious experience <laughs> <laughs> almost like uh we were watching it and i saw just the first glimpse of it and i said oh snap there's the trench coat it's happening it's happening yeah and, and i
2: it's it's one of the i mean it's one of the great action sequences of all time again the wachowskis i think their only movie before this was like a, a low-key kind of drama like uh, let me I'm gonna look at their yeah so i don't they'd only made one movie before this it's called bound it's like a uh yeah it says it's a neo-noir crime thriller it's like not at all an action movie Mm. like visually interesting i haven't seen it but apparently visually interesting they worked with the same cinematographer but like nothing i feel like if i saw that movie nothing would make me think oh these guys are gonna do a crazy action movie. Yeah. Like an insane, one of the greatest action movies of all time. Of all
0: time. All time. Yeah. I can't
2: imagine and they've talked about it in interviews. Joel Silver, the producer, has talked about it. I can't imagine getting the script and looking at it and just being like, okay. Yeah. Here's like however many mi- like thirty million? Is that how much it costs to wow. make this movie?
0: just 30 no
2: million? 63 million that makes more sense that But makes can a you little imagine more. they gave them 63 million to make this movie that doesn't happen anymore no can you imagine it it's so hard Someone
0: who's only done one movie before that would not get 63 to,
2: million to bring star wars back into it because this movie this trilogy bears a lot of similarities to star wars but when george lucas was making star wars no one knew what it was and every day, people were like, "What are we filming? What are we doing? What is this? Why are the robots like goofy and talking to each other?" I imagine with the Matrix, it was similar and also amplified because Absolutely. additionally, you had Techno Babble. You had way more like mystery box stuff, where it's like we don't know what's happening. So it's much weirder. societal
0: commentary too. Yeah,
2: it's I. I feel like, in both cases the producers in the studio placed a significant amount of trust in these people. Yeah. And I am forever grateful for that, but also stunned that it happened. It's at a all. miracle. It would, it does not happen anymore. Even the Wachowskis, they have had a slew of flops. Like, uh, they did cloud Atlas. They did speed racer, oh. uh, movies that have made no money. Jupiter ascending. Oh, god. they have not since the matrix had like a real what you'd qualify as like a successful hit movie. Yeah. So this it's not even like this could have been a complete flop. I just, that just baffles mm-hmm. me to no end. Yeah. But
0: personally, I think there are a couple of things. It, the thing that's incredible about the Matrix is that it walks this very fine line of this could either be an absolutely incredible movie or this could just kind of be a goofy...
2: Yeah, it could just goofy, fall apart. Goofy, it could just completely fall yeah. apart.
0: It was like watching an entire team of artists walk a tightrope. Yes. Just kind of waiting for it to fall apart at any time because there are so many... There's so much going on in this yes. movie.
2: And it's also... It's so great that you didn't know much about it because the movie, it feels like, is so... The influence has been so absorbed by other movies. And it feels yeah. like the the style of fighting, the leather, the sunglasses. You see this. One a good example, watch Mission Impossible 2. Don't actually watch Mission Impossible 2. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. <laughs> but if you want a really t- great example. And what's funny is John Woo, the guy who directed Mission Impossible 2, is technically a major influence on The Matrix. His films before this, like Hard Boiled and other movies he'd made were an influence on the matrix and then with mission impossible 2 he basically just kind of rips off it's weird <laughs> that conversation like the way those movies converse with each other cuz mission impossible 2 is clearly like living in a post matrix world yeah. but you you can see the influence and it's amazing the movie still feels fresh even with the fact that its elements are so well known now yeah it just it still holds up so well
0: yeah, the thing that I really enjoy about it is just kind of, it, it, it makes you live with questions. Yeah. It really does. It'll kind of drop a little poignant bit, like when when um Morpheus was talking about constructs. Mm-hmm. And if any other film had brought up the term construct, yes. I just would have been like, oh, God, <laughs> this kind of thing. Yeah. But the way that they went about it was just so... effortlessly engaging Mm. that I was just kind of like okay continue yes go on I will hear this So
2: all these (laughs) things work is there anything about the movie that didn't work necessarily for you
0: um the first time I saw Agent Smith I didn't like him (laughs) the first time I saw him he has a
2: very I feel like until you know his character—it's yeah. like this he's guy's really and weird. Just yeah. a little insufferable. And it, the way he speaks is just very like precise and like very interesting. I he speak hits, with yeah. such creative <laughs> tone. Like the way he talks is very so
0: much emphasis. Yes,
2: and he's great, but you almost don't realize it until the end of the movie. Um, and then he's amazing, and the other he's ones, like I said, just so good. You know what is is a little goofy in the movie that I still love regardless is mm-hmm. the the whole like Trinity and Neo love okay. thing. Okay, yep, there we go. Like the, the the kiss at the end when she's it like, just, "I love it you." It came so much. out of nowhere. It does kind of come out of nowhere. It's it like came the, completely out of nowhere. You, uh, I lo- I love the idea that it's like, you can't be dead because I'm in love with you. Like, because the oh, Oracle told yeah. me that, which is a great, a very sweet idea and a very, like, cool idea. Very in tone with the movie. But just the, the whole, like, I'm going to kiss you and you're going to come back to life. It it's, was very it's, fairy tale. Yeah, which mm-hmm. I, I kind of love, but I can also, if someone was like, that's the one thing I hate about this movie, I'd be like, yeah,
0: yeah. I can see that. It, the romance just felt like it came out of nowhere. But also when you think about it, it kind of ties back into the to the vase and the and the um the whole. It, it asks a question about fate too. Yeah. So it's just kind of like.
2: I do love that. Does, she, yeah, she she saves him in the beginning, and then she saves him at the end through through her love for him. She's I love that kind of they they kind of save each other like the way they they kind of their relationship and their courtship is sort of that they continue to save each other throughout. But I do also love that it's like the reverse of the, the Prince kissing the princess and saving her. It's the the opposite, which is great, but also extremely cheesy. But you know, and again, this is a movie that has almost every element you want in a great big blockbuster. So it's like, why not throw in a A moment? Yeah. a, A romance as well. Yeah. Um, and that, I, that's probably the only thing where if I were to fault the movie, I would be like, that's a little goofy and a little forced.
0: So, like, the way I'm going to choose to see it is she fell in love with him because the Oracle said she would. Yeah. Yeah. Because then that just adds another layer to other themes that were already put down and yeah. it makes more sense.
2: Yeah. And they do... Uh, they explored the relationship, kind of in the sequels. Okay. I won't, I'm trying to think how to say it without spoiling it. Um,
0: I'm not gonna see them. Uh, so. Not in
2: a satisfying way, um, but like there's some interesting ideas that they try to pose with. Um, yeah, there's one. There's one idea in particular. I won't spoil it. Well, uh, at some point we'll sit down and watch th- those movies too, and it'll okay. be terrible. But um there are a couple interesting ideas that i liked what they were trying to do and they don't really hit the nail on the head no. they don't really get it and good yeah. idea bad execution yeah again i don't Aww. i don't know i like that they have that little romance again just the same way that i don't need to see a movie with neo flying around with his all his superpowers yeah. i don't need to see a movie where they're in love and in a relationship with Mm-mm. each other it kind of is weird and the second movie has this incredibly awkward, like, orgy dance scene. Oh, no. And it's like, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. It's the second and third movies. The second one is very much about excess. The third one is very much about trying to pull it in for some meaning, but not really succeeding. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I was going to ask you, I think we, I can kind of tell, though, but you don't. I'm not selling them to you by any means, but no. any interest in seeing the sequels beyond what I'm,
0: <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the
2: terrible job I'm doing and so pro- pushing them to you.
0: what What sounds like a really fun idea to me is just getting drunk and roasting them.
2: Yeah.
1: hmm
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, it's weird. Matrix Reload and Ma- Matrix Revolutions, I would not call either of them a good movie. I think both of them have elements that are impressive. There are some really cool fight scenes in the second one. There's an incredible chase scene in the second one. Ooh. And um, and the third one kind of tries to bring it back to an emotional level, but it just doesn't, doesn't work. work. And yet, for some reason, like, I... I the movies are out on 4k and i don't own them but i want to own them i don't know why it's not because i need to have them in like 4k presentations it's because there's something so fascinating about the sequels
0: and how they came to be from that movie yeah Yeah. it's
2: it's you know the matrix does open the door for a sequel I feel like I, it, if we lived in a world without a Matrix sequel, everyone would be talking it, about like it, we want Matrix sequels. So it's like it was going to happen.
0: It's kind of like seeing a really beautiful mother with a really ugly kid, <laughs> and you just think, how'd yeah. that happen? Sure, well, how'd that happen? <laughs> yeah, but it,
2: you know, it it was just it was one of those things that had to happen. Now that it happened, it's like, oh, you know what? Never mind. I didn't really need it. Yeah. At the same time, I. Have this weird relationship where I don't necessarily like them, but I'm still, I still want to watch them. Sometimes invested in every. I love this first movie so much, and the other two don't really enrich that love. They in fact kind of drag the movie down Mm -hmm. a peg or two. But at the same time, I I admire the talents of the people involved. The attempt. I don't think it was. I think it was just a missed, misguided project. And I, I still have this fascination with them. Now, that being said, have you heard there's a matrix four happening? Really? They just announced it. Oh no. I, that I would expect to be my reaction too. It's not. It's I. I not. don't know why. I when I heard the news, I was like, "All right, let's do this." Just getting back let's into get, the roller let's coasters, do it. strapping yourself yes, in. Yes, I. I don't know if it's because of the Keanu love fest that's going on,
0: which he deserves he so
2: deserves, much. Um, so much. I don't know if I just missed this world more than I thought mm-hmm. I did. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, allusions to matrix Four being a good movie and yet i'm like genuinely excited for it um i don't know what it's going to be about because the third one kind of closed the book in a way it ended the story um certain characters are no No longer alive okay um and it'll be interesting to see where they take it I, I don't know I I am mm. and it's only one of the siblings it's not the Wachowskis working together I think it's, it's just, just Lana one. I think it's just Lana um, Wachowski doing it and I I don't know why I'm excited about it but I am <laughs> I don't like the sequels I but I I don't I don't know there's something about it that makes me excited yeah I, don't, I can't explain it yeah. it does not make sense well
0: it's just such an engaging world and any chance to dive back maybe into i just it, want it is, to be
2: good maybe do, i want you
0: want it to be good I, so bad this
2: weird affection i have for reloaded and revolutions even though i don't like them i want them to be able to kind of bring it back and recapture some of the magic of this first movie, I want to believe that they can. Yeah, and I love the people involved so much that I just I'm like I want all the success yeah. in the world. I think maybe that's what's driving my excitement for it. Though I, my hopes are pretty low. With people, your yeah.
0: expectations are low. My, my
2: yeah, my expectations are low, but I'm I'm hoping for the best. Yes. I think. Mm-hmm. But, what else is there anything else a favorite favorite oh, moment gosh. favorite line
0: oh gosh there are a couple of lines that I wrote down um uh one of them is um believing in something and the power of that I really like that theme yeah. another thing that they brought up that really resonated with me was when um Agent Smith was interrogating Morpheus, and he talks about how people define reality through their miseries. Yes. And there's just kind of this suggestion that we all compose our own realities, and we can all change them through Mm. doing things that they've never done before. Oh, there was that really cool moment when... um, when Neo was going back for Morpheus and Trini, Trinity was saying they're, they're not gonna, they're, we don't know if they're going to see this coming. We can't do this. Yeah. And, and, and Neo says they won't see it coming because we've never done this before. Right. Right. She, she
2: goes, and Trinity says, uh, no one's ever done this before. And he says, that's why it's going to work. Yeah. I that. love that. Yeah. That. And I, I love when she calls him out when he's like, you can't go with me. And she's like, uh, uh excuse yeah. me. <laughs> I love that. I love <laughs> it's that such moment. such a good one. Uh, and I love I love their relationship in this movie, which pers- it's it's there in the other two. But again, I think the romantic mm. element just makes it re- re- weird and clunky. It does. So it's, it's a little incestuous. It, I, it I don't is. know yeah. why, but it is.
0: It it also takes away from in a way. It takes away from the story. Yeah. Because
2: if this is a it, self-contained it, movie. I guess it has to end with them being in love. But the fact that then it spawns these two movies yeah, where it's like they spend the they, whole movie in love. But they also
0: don't need to be in love. Yeah. I think that's that's probably why it struck me as weird. Because every single little thing, down to the detail, was necessary for the story to move forward yeah. in the way that it did. A romance was not. Yeah. And that's why it felt out of place. Because it was. Yeah. It was. It wasn't needed. Yeah. Um, uh, another, another quote from Morpheus that I definitely need uh, embroidered in my home is, there's a difference between knowing the path and, and walking, walking the path. path. Yes.
2: God, this movie is full <laughs> of such great quotes.
0: Such wisdom. I love
2: all of it. I love everything in this movie is, is absurdly cool. I love the moment when Neo and Agent Smith jump at each other, and he oh. goes, "You're you're empty." So oh, are that you. was the coolest moment great, uh, that I have ever seen. Again, ever. Uh, another moment. No, no dialogue, but when uh, Neo's been knocked to the ground, and he's spitting up blood, and it's like, "Oh God, it, like he's dying." He's he's killing him, and then he gets back up, and he does the little Bruce Lee, "Come oh, at me, bro." Yep. It's so good. Mm. Everything. This movie is is wonderful. It still holds up. It's a classic. It, like to, it's to me, it's a classic. I don't think there's any disputing that. No, it was a huge success. Obviously, when it was released, it wasn't like Star Wars numbers, but it was a sixty-three million dollar movie that made four hundred sixty-five million Holy worldwide. Moly. Huge success. It's no wonder they were like, "We need sequels," and the Wachowskis were like, "Oh, oh we already we had totally sequels."
0: had
1: those. Plans. But
2: it's um. Like you said, it's a movie that doesn't need sequels. You don't Mm. have to see the other two. I think at some point we should watch them because I think it would be fun. Fun's not the right word for it. It will be interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Um, But I I love this movie. I think it's such a great movie to study if you're a fan of storytelling and script structure. Just to admire the sheer uh, talent and just learning from a movie that shows you the best ways to put exposition in your story organically, how to enrich your story with your ideas without letting those dominate them. How to world Um, build. Yeah. The the world building, the philosophizing, all of it is just, it's, it enriches the story. And then if you want the opposite, go watch the second (laughs) one and the third one to see what happens when you flip the elements and suddenly the ideas take over the uh the 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 humanity the humanity that's exactly what happened and Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate but it doesn't it does take away from it but it doesn't the first matrix is still it's one of those movies where if you haven't seen it in a long time and you go back and revisit it i guarantee you'll be like oh my god i love this movie it's so good and it's there's so much about it i love um yeah. yeah is there anything else
0: um I want to say thank you to Jonathan in 2018 for for uh, requesting this episode. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank yeah. you so much it's all from the him. bottom of my I, heart.
2: I hope he listens to this. Me too. Um, and I was, hope I, that I it's, hope it's worth the back long wait. December long when he asked me and he was like, well, <laughs> I asked him and he never did it. So I stopped listening. But Jonathan, yeah. this episode's for you.
0: If you're out there.
2: Um, how many? So scale of one to five. Uh, we'll do. Uh, do we want to just do white rabbits? Yeah, white rabbits. One, one to five yeah. white rabbits, one being the lowest, five being the highest. How many white rabbits would you give the Matrix?
0: An unfathomably high number. Yes. Yeah. As many Beyond numbers five. are in yes. the Matrix. All right. Let's, yes. uh, which are so many.
2: There's so, so many, many numbers. numbers How cool. You. Just the, the image of the. The visual of the so Matrix so cool, it's, I love that. I love Just it. So cool. Yeah, this movie gets all the rabbits. It's it, I love it so much, and it still holds up, and every th- everything about it. Yeah, great. you mentioned the soundtrack. That. I need this. I, I I own the soundtrack. Don't worry, everybody. I own it. Mm-hmm. someday I will I will buy it on vinyl because I'm oh, that kind of music I snob, bet and you I are. want it. <laughs> um, but it's great. Mm. God, I I do. At some point, I think we should watch the sequel. We should. yeah Yeah. I think happen. I think the quality of the sequels is emphasized by the soundtrack of the sequel mm-hmm. which you know the first one is more like hip and fun and yeah, it has some goof cool. like it has some weird stuff on it the second one has the likes of linkin park oh, pod goodness. um yeah
0: goodness goodness goodness
2: but yeah Ooh. oh great yeah. that's awesome so that's the matrix for you and thank you so much for tuning in and listening if you would like you can follow me on Twitter at Doorman and chat with me all you want about the matrix. Jonathan, I know you're out there, come hit me up. And uh you can also follow the Nerd Party, which is the network that the the Missing Frames podcast that you were listening to is a part of and you can follow us at Join Nerd Party and on Facebook The Nerd Party and on Instagram at The Nerd Party.
0: Oh fancy. All There's over the an place. Insta. There's an Insta. It's Nerd And
2: uh, I encourage everyone to to check out thenerdparty.com see all the other great shows on there because there's so many great people doing some great stuff and also speaking of great people there's there's Julia Barton sitting across from me Aww. Julia you're fantastic where can oh. people talk to you if they want to
0: oh um, they can follow me on Twitter at Julia Bird with a bird spelled B-Y-R-D-E because so I'm fancy. so fancy so fancy yeah so if you want to well actually me about the allegory of the cave please do I would love to hear it <laughs> genuinely I would please please Please, please, just go for it. Teach me. Yes. Teach me. We, we all philosophize together. Oh,
2: that would be oh, so I great. Know. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, I I hope we've all learned that there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path. And now, what? go forth. Go forth
0: and believe in something.
2: 18- plus.